Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about plays, 80s movies, and we have part two of our interview with Douglas Samuel, MBE from Spartans FC. Welcome to The Kindness Project. I'm joined by a man that's wearing glasses and a girl that's wearing glasses. Good and a man, and a man who made very, very little effort into his introduction, but tried but, on the side. But truthful statements. Very true. I mean, that is Russ. Russ is very much route one, isn't he? Yeah. You know what? Get the job done. Get the job done, Russ. Route one, Russ is uh, is your new nickname, Russ. Route one. Route one, Russ. <laughs> route one, Russ. Um, uh, I, I, <laughs> I have to update my Facebook profile tonight. <laughs> yeah, Route One Russ. I won't see it because I'm not on Facebook anymore. But it's like you're saying so... Route One Bus, but you're actually saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as long as he's not at 69, it don't matter, does it really? But um, uh, <laughs> um, or at 15. Because that was a bus that went outside our house, wasn't it, Russ? Um, well, anyway, road, yeah. On 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 that note, on that note, I want to um, I want to talk about um, the uh, play that I saw yesterday. Um, now it's a book that actually, Charlotte, you might have introduced to me, or I introduced to you years ago. Now you introduced uh, it to me, and I have I still haven't read it. You are joking. No. Have you still not read it? Right, so have you no. read it? No, I've not read it, no. The only book recommendation I've ever taken from you was The Giver Quartet. And I think I've read more of those than you have. Yeah, you got obsessed with that, didn't you, The Giver? It was so good. Uh, um, no, The Giver is good. But To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee is probably one of my favourite books of all time. So I was really excited when Mum got me tickets for... And I say Mum listeners, clearly your mum didn't get me tickets if you're listening to this. Uh, Charlotte's mum got me tickets uh, to Kill a Mockingbird. Um, uh, but if your mum listeners would like to buy me tickets to the theatre, I won't say no. Um, but the reality is uh, it was different to the book. They'd made adaptations and amendments and included new characters, but at its heart, it was still a story about injustice, a story about kindness, a story about love, a story about so many different things. And just superb. So if you are anywhere near London town and you love a bit of theatre and you haven't seen To Kill a Mockingbird yet, um, I'd recommend you do that. Was it, was it good then? You had a good time? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> is my, that description, was that not effusive enough? Well, it sounded like you were critiquing it, like you were in like, the newspaper giving it a critique, but I wanted a bit more of a I loved it. Yeah. I, right, okay, I absolutely loved it. So so it was it was superbly active, it was emotional, um it took you um it took you with it. What added value was Mummy almost got attacked by the cast again, which always happens when we go to the theatre for some bizarre reason. Um, stars. Uh, so, so, <laughs> Listen, my wife Cassie has got a tendency when we go to see a play 
of bumping into members of the cast. And as you, as we were sitting in the third row from the front with uh, Barat on the end, um, and at some particular point, a um, gang of racists rushed past. Um, it was uh, yeah, getting yeah, so they rushed past with a with a rope, um, mum. So so that happened as well. But was it last time she almost got like knocked over, bowled over by a, a fellow? Uh, no, uh, oh yeah, it was Macbeth. It was Macbeth. Yeah, she got. She almost got knocked out by Macbeth. Um, and grounded. <laughs> Method acting. Uh, um, she got outside and they intercepted us on the outside. Yeah, that was in the club. You know what? We are. I mean, clearly we are in different um, parts of the world, but I consider my at the, at the minute. Um, but I consider myself so lucky to have the whole of, like London. And it's amazing theatre on the doorstep. What's Norwich like the theatre, Russ? Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. I don't You're not a big theatre cover, are you? I, I'm not a fan of theatre or cinema. You're not a big fan of the pictures? No. How come? Because I just don't enjoy it. I, sorry, my concentration levels are not great. Right. Uh, I I can't always sit through a whole movie or. I'm the yeah. same way with movies, yeah. Mm. Apart from everything, everywhere, all at once, Charlotte, which is that was a lot going on, and there was a lot to focus on. That helps that there was a lot going on. Um, I remember you walking out being like, "There were bits I didn't quite understand," and I was like, "No, I picked up. I picked. I picked up." Yeah, there 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 was a lot. I mean, I've rewatched it twice because I thought it was so amazing. But oh, where, where um, is it? Amazon Prime. Yo. Yo. Is that what is that does that yo mean I'm gonna give it a rewatch? What was that about? Yeah. Everything everywhere all at once. I think okay. the name describes um Well it's deeper think, than that. It's like no, go on, you explain it, Charlotte. It? It's it's like it's got quite an interesting message about like generational trauma and um <laughs> Start from the like main plot line, and then we'll go into the deep stuff. Oh, uh, so it's about this woman, and she goes to try and sort her taxes out, uh, and then she ends up in a different universe, and then oh yeah, but I've seen it advertised. Yeah, um, and then she ends up in a fight, and then there's a bagel. Um, yeah, I mean, you are really underselling it, aren't you? There's some really interesting messages about generational trauma, love... Um, like such an interesting and welcome and welcome to uh, the um, film and theatre podcast with Charlotte Brass and, uh, and and Chris. Um, no, I that know... wouldn't be a bad podcast. Just saying. Oh, well, no, it wouldn't be a bad podcast. But Russell's head might explode if we get him to produce one more podcast at the minute. <laughs> um, so, so we're not going to do that. We're not, we're not going to do that. But, um, yeah, so, uh, look, and Charlotte, Matthew Modine was in the leading role. Oh, 
And if you know, if you don't know who Matthew Modine is, he plays the. Is he a doctor or a professor? I can't remember. He pro- plays the doctor, the main doctor in Stranger Things, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay, but, this is the problem with a film or theatre podcast. Oh, we, we'd be doing the review, Charlotte. Russ just began, I'd seen it. I'd seen it. I'd seen it. That's um, the problem with that. You know what else is on uh, Amazon Prime right now that I'm really enjoying? Hold on, hold on. Tell me. Yeah, tell us. <laughs> Why well, I got a hold on? Okay, um... The Legend of Vox Machina season two just started releasing a couple of weeks ago. Bad. Russ, have you seen it? Hi. I highly recommend. Um, <coughs> they release episodes in batches of three, so yeah. Highly recommend for Russ. I can, mean, I, can we just name some movies and see if Russ has seen it? Yeah. Um, and I, I want you to use the phrase, Russ, please. I ain't seen it, all right? Mm. Not uh, The Godfather. Seen it. I ain't seen it. See, seen it. <laughs> I ain't seen it. Godfather Part Two. Seen it. I ain't seen it. It's grainy. Oh, oh, here we go with the grainy movie business. <laughs> Can you explain to our listeners our conversation on the way back from funny enough, the well, theatre in January? I struggle. I struggle with poor video quality uh, and visual effects because I just can't take them seriously. <laughs> So, so Russ, we went to see um, a musical um, at the start of January before Charlotte went back up to uni, yeah. and we we're in the in the car on the way back, and um, she went, "Dad, they did make a film. The musical was Newsies, um, yeah. which I'd never heard of before, but I'm apparently not- they made it. It's been it it comes from the nineteen sixties originally. The story. It's a nineteen. 19- the stories are based on a true story from when? Uh, 18-something. Okay. Um, so 18-something. But they did a movie in it. In what year, Charlotte? 1983, I want to say. No, I thought it was late now. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. because. Um, but apparently, um, uh, any films before this... Um, occurred 1992 is the year and any films before that occurred Charlotte can't watch Russ 1992 that is fair is it fair quality is so bad I watch some 80s stuff and I think how did they get away with that like what like the Goonies that boat floating by you just don't make sense now does it well, it, yeah, was it? it was amazing at the time, but you watch it back now compared to what we do have. It, it's, it, it's, yeah. it feels, it feels, Sorry, are you agreeing that you can't watch old films because they're grainy? I, I watch a lot of old films, most of my film genres are from the 80s. What's the what's the what's the what's your favorite film from the I 80s, Russ? My most favorite film from the 80s. Uh, Top Gun. Top Gun. As, as that stack up, is that grainy? Well, I've, seen, I've, seen, I've seen the new one as well, and it don't don't really stack up to the new one. See, see, Charlotte, it might be grainy. The it, it's like that old that old saying that once they make two or three, it, it just don't compare to the original. Yeah, 
And he, so are you saying the original's better or the new one's better, Top Gun wise? No, the original. Original. Even though it's grainy, Russ. I didn't find it grainy. I no, just, me neither. Uh, I you, just you remember when we tried to watch the first Star Wars movie and we laughed our way through the first 20 minutes because of how bad the special effects was? Right. I, look, there are, we, we are in the minority, I think, on, when it comes to that, because even though I like quite a lot of sci-fi, I've never got into Star Wars. Um, have you, Russ? No. He, he loves an action movie, though. Would you love a bit of Rainbow, Russ? No. How do you feel about the Terminator? Terminator, not a fan. Not a fan of the Terminator? No, so, no. Mission Impossible? Not seen any of them. You are. So would you just just watch Top Gun on loop? No, no. <laughs> no, I've got I've got Sky Movies and it was on their free on their premiere. Right. I'll give it a watch. I don't yeah. really like movies. They're just like I think movies. Movie is just long form teddy, and I don't really watch. <laughs> Movies is just long form telly. Yeah, they don't give you enough time with the characters. Like, God, you two. Honestly, how do we feel about theatre? I don't like theatre, it's just telly live. Well, I'm not really into. (laughs) One one of the big things I like about theatre is the atmosphere you get from the audience. Mm, Yeah, I mean, interestingly. I think the atmosphere from the audience, I mean, they loved it. Uh, if the reaction from the end is that is why I go to the that is why I go to the beer for the for the atmosphere. Also, yeah. like, uh, I just find it a lot more compelling when the people are in front of me and not oh. on a screen. I mean, the, the I mean, the acting was incredible, and and the weird thing was, you don't need to focus where the camera wants you to focus. You are looking around and going like that person who isn't speaking at the minute. Like, and the, there's, yeah, there's I, can elements that, I can see how that'd be enjoyable. Yeah, there's elements of it, and I said to I said to um, my wife Gazzy and your mum Charlotte that there were characters in it that weren't meant to be getting the attention that I just kept on looking at because the acting was so compelling. I mean, it was amazing. Brilliant, brilliant brilliant stuff. I I was like that when we were watching Newsies. It was like, clearly they wanted your attention to be on the main characters, but some of the background characters were like doing all these tricks and jumps. Yeah, but they know that. They know that because they're all doing their own little scenes, aren't they? So... Um, and before we uh, before we turn the oh question of the podcast, uh, as we're sort of bringing that back or not, what is your favourite eighties movie? I think The Goonies might be up there for me. Um, and weirdly, Russ, everywhere in, in it, what's it called, Charlotte? <laughs> everywhere, anywhere, all at once. Everywhere, Ding. everything, everywhere, all, all at, at once. once. Anywhere you want. Anywhere you want. Um, uh, has data from the Goonies. Well, I'm thinking of having... But a as ta- a 50-year-old man, if you weren't feeling old enough for us. I'm thinking of having a takeaway tonight, so I might have a watch at that. Give it a go. 
give it a go. What takeaway are you going for out of interest? I don't know. Because uh, we've got a new Italian open up. Oh, go on. <laughs> so, go on. It's called the Italian job. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, uh, can I can I just tell you one thing? We, we also, sorry, this has turned into a podcast about what I've got up to on my Saturday night. Oh, uh, you Saturday. know what? It's fine. Um, we went to a place called Bills in London, which is in Soho. Other um, other uh, stores oh. called Bills. Other restaurants called Bills are available. Where the uh, flower pots. Yes. So they had, this, they had this thing called Bill's Flower Pots. The flower pots were edible. It was filled with dirt, which was chocolate, and cream. It was absolutely amazing. So if you ever get the chance to go to the theatre, um, as a pre-theatre dinner, Bill's is definitely recommended. That's worth, um, that's worth coming to go. Shall we talk about some kindness uh, when we move on to the next part? And, and Charlotte's going to read the articles today for Kindness News. Right, I'm doing this, am I? Let me get myself covered. Right, so. <laughs> uh, police officer wins award for acts of kindness after buying groceries for vulnerable women. A police officer from Denver, Colorado in the USA has won an award for an act of kindness after buying groceries for a vulnerable woman. It was a regular day when Officer Melissa Martin responded to a noise complaint in the apartment complex. However, turn after turning up at the apartment, Martin discovered a woman in need. Really Recently out of an abusive relationship and in a new apartment, the woman suffered from substance abuses and mental illness and had not eaten in four to five days. Martin opened her refrigerator to find no food. The woman was older than her, making her question what had happened to her parents in a similar situation. She took it on her, upon herself to fill the woman's fridge with a week's worth of groceries, using her own money to pay for them. I try really hard not to judge, just try to help them in the situation they find themselves in. If the world would just treat people like they would like to be treated, how much of a difference might that make? The award was given by Citizens Appreciate Police, a non-profit that recognises Denver police officers that serve the public above the regular call of duty. I absolutely love that. And and we, we, we it's right, we need people to actively get involved, helping others and making sure that um, we make the world a, a better place. So I love that. I'll do the next one, Charlotte. Um, uh, and it is... Homelessness charity. Homelessness charity. Uh, oh, oh, I'm getting all the click throughs on the page now. Homelessness charity thanks Chichester Care Home for Year of Kindness. A homeless charity. Um, I've got loads of pop ups. Homelessness charity is thanks residents and staff at Chichester Care Home for raising hundreds of pounds to help its work. A homelessness charity is thanks residents and staff at Chichester Care Home for raising hundreds of pounds to help its work. Stone Pillow said the support from Colton's Care, Wellington Grange, will go towards the running costs of its busy hub in the city, which was used by 225 people in need last year. After they nominated Stone Pillow as their charity of the year of 2022, residents and staff at the Broil Road Home 
organised a series of fundraising initiatives, including a dog show and collections of donated cut clothes. The two team members braved and sponsored overnight to sleep out in the grounds of the home, while resident Jill Christensen spent many winter hours knitting eight woolly hats for stone pillow clients to wear. Attending the home to accept a check for nearly £600, Lee Stroud, Stone Pillow's fundraising manager, said, we're so grateful for the support that Wellington Grange has given us throughout a year-long partnership. It's not only the financial donations that help, but also the practical items as well, like the hand-knitted hats to keep our clients warm. You know what? There is so much that goes on in the world of like just businesses helping charities and you know i i i'm a firm believer in that because i think that um you know organizations designed to create jobs and make profit also have a i don't know if it's an obligation but certainly should really consider playing a part in their local communities and helping them out. There's great stories um, like that, and certainly, as you guys know, we um, we try and, we try and do our bit for charity at, at Savello um, and help others out. And I know there's like you know thousands of businesses across the country that do the same. What do you guys think? Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I think it's definitely. I can definitely vouch for you that you, you do do a lot. You do do a lot for charity. Well, I do a lot. I, I, I suggest stuff and then give the work to you, Russ. That's how it normally works, isn't it? Um, but we... I don't think that's all, all you do for charity, but you walk the streets collecting money with Santa, don't you, and all that. True. But, yeah, I, I, I think, I mean, like, if you looked at the amount of businesses that do well do good and just raise money it would be uh, millions and millions and millions of pounds every year and across the country loads of um, loads of people getting involved i think anybody who's got an interest in the community is just needs to think about that as part of their life and their business so it's amazing that a lot of people do uh, and on that note, I want to introduce uh, our individual we were interviewing. One of my favourite all-time interviewees, um, a guy called Dougie Samuel. Now, Dougie Samuel uh, has got an MBA. He got introduced to me um, with an email that basically said, you need to speak to this guy because he is amazing. Um, he's a football coach. Uh, but he's not only that, he's a, clearly a very wise and kind man who does loads and loads of work um, uh, up in Scotland, near Edinburgh, um, with his community. But one thing I'd, I'd definitely say about Dougie is um, uh, he came into his own, certainly during um, uh, COVID and part of his story that we'll share today and share over the next couple of weeks is the amazing work he did during that time. So let's listen. And then and then left corporate life and went into football. How did that transition happen? Yeah, so what happened there was, um, again, it was 
one of these sort of like significant life experiences, I guess. Um, I'd had a good career and in general, the trajectory had been upward. It had gone really well. And then I sort of came across my first sort of big disappointment, really, where my senior manager at the time told me that they no longer wanted me, part, me to be part of their management team. So I was effectively getting shunted to the side. Right. Um, and this was the first time I really had to deal with rejection in my working career, my professional life. And, and I remember um, what happened next. I, I, my manager invited me to obviously leave if I wanted to leave and go home early that day because she could clearly see I was upset. I'm, I'm not embarrassed to say that I had a cry. Yeah. I said, no, no, I'm not going home. I've got a department of over 100 people. I'm going back out to run the department. And so I went back out to the department. And in those days, I used to do this week sort of quirky thing, Chris, where I had a flip chart by my desk. And every day I used to write a motivational quote on this flip chart. Um, and people would go by my desk to see what I wrote that day and so on and so forth. And of course, I was doing it for me. I was doing it to motivate yeah. me and, and remind me what mattered and what's important. But I was creating a ripple effect by other people coming to see what it was. And of course, within my department, it was like, no, I wonder what it's going to put up today. And, and one of my manager's peers appeared. And I thought he was just coming across to have a look at my motivational quote on my flip chart. But he came up and had a conversation with me. And the short version was this, that... He sort of reassured me that he said, look, I know what's happened to you. For what it's worth, I don't agree with the decision. Um, I think you're talented. I think you've got X, Y, Z, so on and so forth. And it was really, really kind of him because I didn't really know him. And I liken this to sort of like when Will Smith came out the shadows and the, the legendary bagger vans from yeah. Matt Damon. And when we least expected people come out the shadows for us and help us. And he encouraged me to think about a word in the English dictionary where if you change one letter in the word, it'll determine the direction that you'll take in life when these types of things ha hit you and happen to you. And he wrote on, he wrote on my flip chart, B space T-T-E-R. And he invited me to consider if I was going to put an I or an E in the space. Yeah, interesting. And he said, if you choose the E, come and work with me. And I was like, wow. Um, and I ended up going to work for him. Okay. I ended up going to work for him. So that is better, I love like, that. One of my mantras. Yeah, and you're talking about the kindness project. So he found it in his heart to make time for me on that day when I was at my lowest ebb. And he lifted my spirits and he actually helped to sort of set me on a career path that led me to HR, led me to going on some amazing training courses where I got a chance to self-reflect and really understand the power of like self-reflection and mm. journaling and just really getting to know myself. And you know, the, the more and more I got to know myself and what drove me and what my values were, I thought, do you know what? I don't know if I want to work in the corporate world for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love it here. I enjoy it here. But I think I want to go and work in the third sector. Another thing that kept coming back was I've not really been at home as much as I would have liked because I was playing football. I was working long hours. And really, Elaine was taking care of the kids um, disproportionately. So I wanted to spend a bit more time with my kids before they were too old. So I decided to take voluntary redundancy and become a house husband. Yeah. And how old were the, was a how house old were the girls at the time? Um, so that, that's going back to 2004. So Holly was still at primary school. Jay was at yeah. secondary school. And yeah. took Holly to school every day, which was magic. Picked her up for school every day. But at the same time, I got an opportunity to get involved in football coaching. And I became the head coach at the University of Edinburgh. Okay. So my dream was to be the manager of Hibs. Um, it didn't happen, but that was a dream. Um, <laughs> And I, I reassured, obviously. Give it time. Elaine, Give it time, though. <laughs> it, yeah, it's not too late. Well, listen, who knows? Who knows? Even my best days are still in front of me. Um, no, so yeah, and and I loved it. I had an amazing time, an amazing couple of years, like basically like doing full time coaching with the university. And as I said, um, 
a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. And then I got an opportunity to do a bit of, a, a bit of consultancy work for um, Spartans through the chairman, Craig Graham. And he knew that I wanted to work in the third sector as well. So he invited me to do, a, in simple terms, a bit needs analysis with the local yeah. school landscape around this potential project idea I had, which was to redevelop their ground at that time yeah. and to make it more of a community facility. So I did that piece of work. It went well. He invited me to stay and I've never left. Years later. <laughs> yeah, I've never <laughs> left. So, um, yeah, I'm very, very lucky. I, I generally believe that I'm blessed. I've, I've met some amazing people, worked with some incredible people, and I get to do something I love. So what, um, Again, I, I, I did say to you when I emailed you this morning that we'd like to go off topic. So uh, this is where we go off topic a bit. That's fine. What is the motivational quote that comes back to you the most? The most important things in life are no things. Yeah. Relationships, right? People. Yeah, topic. absolutely. So Talk for me, me. Like, so everything that we have, the, the DNA that runs through the, the, the charity and the football club is very much focused around creating human connection and yeah. building relationships and taking care of each other. Um, so so we want to put love and compassion at the heart of everything that we do. Um, and that's quite challenging if you think about that we're in a, you know, an alpha male dominated world. Um, so no, I, 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 I do I see... Let's change in this world. Yeah, I just said that. Yeah, I think things are changing for the better. I mean, there's a fantastic article on the BBC website this week, I think, by a former player speaking about his experiences in football. And I do think it's getting much better. And you know, I think that people are opening up. Yeah. They're speaking much more. Um, in class, Benny Brown speak, you know, people are demonstrating a greater willingness to be vulnerable yeah, and to share their vulnerabilities with each other. And I think that's really, really important as well. But... No, we still have to teach people these skills and we have to teach people um, and show them through our actions. I mean, it's how it lands and how and how um, what happens next is critical. You know, somebody might open up and share something, but if they don't see any change or they don't see anything different, then why would they open up again? Yeah, so the critical thing is what happens it. next. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the critical thing is what happens next. So again, if you think about you know, the world that I'm from and the world I'm in, it's, it's very much alpha male dominated. So... We're not there yet, but we're certainly making progress. And and talk to me about what your um, talk to me about Spartans. Talk to me about the community, and talk to me about how important that community and charity side of the club is. It's the heart of the club, you know. I think that it's what drives the club. You know, the club is a club that has a social conscience, but it's also socially aware. So. The community where we are based is a mixed community. Um, sadly, it includes some areas of multiple deprivation. I'm not a fan of playing poverty top trumps or poor yeah, poverty. Yeah. Um, it's just it is what it is. So for a lot of people, life can be tough. Um, there's some deep-rooted deep social needs in our community. Um, I grew up in this community, so I'm a product of this community. Um, my mum grew up in this community. I was a product of this community. So... I've got emotional interference, if you want to call it that, and I'm, I'm certainly motivated to want to make a difference. So for also us, pride, the football club... Also an, element of, also an element of pride, I'd imagine. 
oh god i'm hugely yeah i'm i'm hugely proud of where i've come from i mean one of my pet hates is the phrase that you've got to get out to be, to, to go and become something you know well, why do you need to get out oh. by all means go and spread your wings and learn and develop and grow but but come back and share what you've yeah. learned with others yeah exactly come back and share and try and raise the tide for everybody yeah, exactly you know I think that's really, really important. So I think the language we use is really important. So the football club's based in North Edinburgh. Um, it's made up of a youth section, so boys and girls, an adult section, including um, a para-football section. Mm. Um, we also have the charitable arm, the foundation arm of the football club. Mm. And the foundation arm's responsible for running and managing the £4 million sports facility that is also the home of the Spartans Football Club. Yeah. So again, in simple terms, if you th if you think of the football club as like the anchor tenant, but I much prefer to speak about as as the Spartans family because the family's sort of health and strength is very much dependent on all the component parts yeah, being sure. healthy and strong and working together as one. So there's that common DNA about trying to make a meaningful difference in our local community where we're based. Um, embracing that, yeah, I'm going to call it moral like leadership responsibility. Um, we're seen as this community anchor organisation and um, we're seen as an organisation that is there to help and exists to help others. So it's important we play an active part in that working with our local community partners. Amazing. It's, it's really good. What, what and, and the work, just to, to, sorry, oh. just to finish off, like the work is sort of like, and I may actually answer your next question, actually. Um, so our work is focused in three or four thematic areas. Um, one of the key areas for us is education. Um, so a social need in our community might be the low attainment gap. Um, it's no secret that children growing up in low-income families in terms of like um, their academic achievements, you know, that gap is getting wider and wider and it's been exacerbated by the pandemic. Um, so we do a lot of work in education, whether that's having education officers based in primary schools or youth workers based in primary schools. We also do a significant amount of work around youth work. So delivering various programmes for boys and girls and mixed clubs and so on and so forth out of school hours. We also work, as you would expect, in the physical health and wellbeing and activity space. Yeah. So the delivery of lots of um, purposeful play programmes or community coaching programmes. And then the last thing is obviously embracing that responsibility to help create and build social capital in our community. So working in, with other local partners to, as I said, try and raise the tide for everybody um, through you know, sharing resources, sharing IP, and, and just generally trying to, if we can, be as efficient as possible around delivering services for local people. Do you, do you find that as a, as a football club, you get a different engagement from people who work in the community compared to somebody from a from a more conventional charity and if so how i think i think the benefit of sport and in, in general and also football is that it's a it's a great neutralizer in the sense that you know we can all be playing on the pitch at the same time and all come from all different backgrounds and different yeah. classes it's an equalizer, um, isn't it? it's absolutely that's a better yeah. word than neutralizer so yeah absolutely so no, I think that the power of sport, there's a significant amount of research out there which um, articulates the benefit of that. But yeah, it can it can certainly be a force for good. Um, I don't see it as a, as, as a silver bullet um, because there's also issues and challenges in sport. We need only look yeah. at things like child protection and so on and so forth over the years. So I'm not for a minute suggesting that it, it can fix it. It could be a way to engage, right? But it can be a, as a tool to engage and to start conversations. And crucially... 
to have conversations around understanding need. So actually getting underneath the bonnet and, and, and identifying, well, what are the barriers to participation here? Yeah. You know, is it about affordability? Is it about the lack of equipment and so on and so forth? And understanding that need and understanding what stops people from coming along and taking part. Trying to remove those barriers and trying to encourage them to come along and be part of something. But I'd imagine some of it is about confidence and attitude, isn't it? You know, like it's not for me. It might be a, you know, a thing that stops people from engaging in 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 that that element, yeah. right? Yeah, but if we have local knowledge, then and, and we have a conversation with someone and we can identify that. Um, if we have that local knowledge, then we can maybe signpost them to their area of interest or their yeah. passions. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, it's just about making those services available to everybody. I mean, we're, we're saying football is a great equaliser. You clearly haven't seen me play because I am. <laughs> I, I, I definitely show that um, even though fitness is okay, lack of skill is an issue for me, Dougie. I did. Uh, I've told you this story on the podcast before, but I'll share it again. I did something for one of my trade magazines, and they they phoned uh-huh. me and said. Um, Chris, can you? We want you to comment on pensions and and and, and, do, and yeah. do do a bit of work in there. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to um, rent a uh, football pitch over at Vauxhall Bridge. I'm a West Ham oh, yeah. fan, um, so yeah, yeah. turn up in your West Ham kit. Um, and yeah, yeah. I said that'd be great, but I'm, I'm I'm really rubbish at football. And they went, "Don't worry, we've got this amazing <laughs> slow motion camera that makes everybody look good." I was like, "Okay, come cool, on, come over and have you." Couple of beers after, uh-huh. like a bit of yeah, yeah. Um, and um, I am the only player who looks worse in slow motion. Than I do it full speed, Dougie. <laughs> That's how bad I am. But it was a great laugh, and I, I, I really enjoyed oh, it. Now, now, yeah. clearly your role changed, and, I've, and from the research I've done prior to this interview during the pandemic. So, tell me a bit about how spartans fcu and 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 sort of the community got together to support people during the pandemic yeah of course um so you remember obviously at the, at the height of the pandemic and the start of the pandemic that a lot of public service based buildings were closed yeah. um so these facilities that had been created to serve the public at its greatest time of need were closed yeah. And I understand the reasons that were closed, but I'm not convinced that maybe enough effort was put into actually making them safe places where people could um, go and get support. So our sports facility, in simple terms, um, became a distribution hub. And primarily it became a distribution hub, certainly in the early days, for food distribution. I'm sure you're aware that a lot of charities stepped in and, and tried to make sure that no people, nobody was going without. So working with other local partners such as Fresh Start and Scan Academy and so on and so forth, um, we created quite a large-scale project, project to enable us to um, provide support for thousands of local families in our community. Again, those families living in low-income households and desperate needed that support. And primarily focusing on that of food element. But out of that grew other um, opportunities to help. So whether it was donating clothing, because remember, like, you know, children were still growing. Um, yeah. And for some parents, they couldn't afford to buy, you know, new clothes or simple things like underwear and pyjamas and yeah. you know, basic 
fundamentals actually. And so we became this distribution hub that was able to receive donations and then distribute those donations through our network. And I have to say that um, the response in the local community was inspiring. It was great Amazing. to see everybody coming together and it really sort of thrust us into that family support space, I think. And of course, it gave us an opportunity to connect with that wider Spartans family and network too. And it was great to see people from all the different sectors come together and to see the parents of children who play in our youth section volunteer to help distribute and deliver those you know, food parcels in their own cars. And as you say, that couldn't have happened without that sort of cross-community engagement. You need other organisations to team up and, and get yeah. that involved. Um, and, and, and in terms of in terms of um, football and sports, I'll tell you what I'm obsessed with at the minute, Dougie. I'm obsessed with this is Wrexham on... Uh, oh, on right, okay, I've not seen it yet. Yeah, okay. It's, really, it, it's interesting. I mean, you know, it, look, you can, you, can, you can be cynical about, you know, Hollywood stars yeah. parachuting in. But one of the interesting things, I mean, a couple of really interesting things about the show. Number one is they tell a lot of fan stories and why fans are passionate about the club. Um, but there is a real desire, it seems, to uh, for the club to do a lot for the community. And I think that's one of the drivers of, of what they're doing. We've got part three over the next couple of weeks. We'd love for you to tune in and, and listen again. But we always end the show with Charlotte saying... Because the end of another podcast, but the end is never truly the end, because the end is always the beginning of something entirely new. Um... Now, we are trying to bring Question the Podcast back. Um, we had no answers. <laughs> you know what? It was good when I was on social media, wasn't it? Because I've got loads, but now I'm off. You've got, like, of you got loads of friends. It's, it's a dead zone. Um, uh, but we will end. If we've got no answers for questions of the podcast, we will end. Oh, Charlotte's looking excited because she does know what's coming. We are going to end with Joke of the Week. I prepared better this time. Oh, <laughs> let's have a Joke of the Week. I took the shell off my racing snail thinking it would be faster, but if anything, it made him more sluggish. <laughs> Right. No, no, that's a really funny joke, and you're not allowed to come with funny jokes. They're meant, they're meant to be awful. I'm going to tell that joke a week, Charlotte. Thank you for sharing such an amazing joke. Have a lovely week, and we'll see you on the podcast soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.